taste of dragon's gaming podcast. We eat sandwiches and play games. Taste of dragon's gaming podcast. A podcast for everyone's taste. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Taste of Dragons, the podcast, the video game podcast that all you jive turkeys listen to. This week, the assassins are fighting in the battlegrounds. The news is giving back. Our topic is competing. And our dragon this week is the best CEO, Team 17 CEO, Debbie Bestwick. And as always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. Amanda. And I'm Joe. Hey, so, uh... Lewis is not back this week, unfortunately. He uh, he had some some work to do this week, so we're gonna He's fill in, in for him again. He's got right. a job. Yeah, He's a big working man now. <laughs> <laughs> right, good, good, good for you. Good for you, Lewis. Make make that's them right. dollar bills. I mean, that's how you pay for the games, right? And the turkeys. And the turkeys. <laughs> and the stuffing. And the mashed potatoes. Oh gosh. And the cranberry sauce. Food is expensive. If you didn't know, it was just Thanksgiving. Oh, damn. Hell no, yeah, was it was Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> or for those of you who don't live in the U.S., Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny because we were uh, we streamed on Thursday for Lewis because he was driving back from Orlando. And so we're like, all right. So we so we started it and we have one of the people that was in chat is in Germany. And they're like, oh, by the way, happy Turkey Day. I was like, oh, thank you. Happy Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, it's Friday. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually was at that point, yes. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I was trying to be empathetic and stuff. But you all had a, had a, a plentiful feast, I hope. Uh, yes, yes, we did. Good, good. How about you guys? Oh, fantastic. This was the first Thanksgiving that Mandy and I have cooked on our own. This is since we're, we did a uh, distant Thanksgiving from our parents and we stayed mm-hmm. at home. The dinner was delicious, but more importantly... The sandwiches today were oh just God. on point. Just Thanksgiving killers. sandwiches are my favorite, and you only get them yeah. once a year. You, you never have Thanksgiving leftover Y'all, sandwiches. we did it. We did Thanksgiving. Like, we we did it. The turkey was like, turkey, and the stuffing was, was amazing, and stuffing, and, and oh, it was great. <laughs> it, like, we did it. The cranberry sauce, boom, smack. We did. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. All right, cool. So uh, so let's get into our games this week then. Do, 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 do. What, what are, are you playing? This week, you know, I'll start us off before we get into the meat and potatoes of this entire <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> More Thanksgiving references. The, the meat and potatoes. That's right. <laughs> oh, meat. Actually, you would be like the potatoes. We would be the meat. That's true. That's true. I am the potatoes. <laughs> I'm okay with this. That's fine. Uh, this week, I played Hearthstone Battlegrounds. In case you don't know, Hearthstone is a collectible card game, uh, kind of like Magic the Gathering, if you played that, or Pokemon. However, it's all online. It's Blizzard's version of it. Is Yu-Gi-Oh! a card game? Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes. Yep. What's a game where you, you you pull the lead, you like pull a thing and it spins and they fight each Pachinko? other? Pachinko? Okay, that's not a card game. That's Beyblade. Oh. And that's a lifestyle, sir. <laughs> that's correct. Okay, I'm going to retract this. I'm in my 30s. <laughs> this has nothing to do with horse drill battlegrounds. Not at all. <laughs> what's, what's the AOL? <laughs> That's what I feel like. <laughs> How do I find the email? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. 
Welcome back to Tangents, the podcast, everyone, (laughs) where the tangents never end. Uh, But this game, it's one of those types of games of Battlegrounds is a mode in type and inside of it where it's a auto battler or an auto chess, if you will, which is a playoff of another type of game. It's a lot of very involvement in it. But this is the only game inside of Hearthstone that if you don't put any money into it, that you're still on pretty much an even playing field with everyone else. That's cool. And since I don't put any money into it, it's the most fair. Uh, so. <laughs> However, if you had watched my stream on Monday, uh, you would have realized or also thought, it's this isn't fair. Uh, Brian's just losing all the time. Why does he even play this game? This game's terrible towards him. <laughs> These are things I said out loud on stream. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you like this? <laughs> Which was very funny, considering the day before, I had won like three games almost in a row, and that I did this stream won nothing for a solid three hours. Wait, you didn't win? I feel like it didn't happen, so, you know, it didn't happen on stream, it didn't happen. Hold on, hold on. You didn't win one game on stream? I placed, I think, once in the top four, which is technically winning, but that's it. The rest of the time was bottom. If I was watching... And I had reached that final hour. I think I would have been more disappointed if you did win one (laughs) at that point and then broke your streak. It was very funny. So if you want to go watch the stream, because it's hilarious how often I lost. Uh, Funny in that self-deprecating, humbling way. Yes. Yes, it was. And then the very next day, I was like, all right, let me play this game again. The first game I lost. The second game I came in, I think, second or third. The third game I won. The fourth game I won. And then I was like, see, look. And I like posted it on a Discord. I was like, look, look, I can win, guys. I don't know what was going on. This has been my whole week. He plays the game and like he wins a lot now. And he's like, look, look, look. I'm like, I don't, I don't. This is still <laughs> I did it. I swear, I'm not as bad as this game as, as that entire three hours made me seem. <laughs> Yeah, Joe, are you double checking these screenshots? Are you sure he's not? He's just not getting victory images off of uh, Google or something. Oh man, no! But I feel like I should now. <laughs> what, are, what are you giving away the goose for? What are you giving it away? Swipe, swipe right, Brian. Swipe. Yeah, swipe where's right. Where's this picture come from? Yeah. <laughs> um, in all honesty, I am very. I you. I you have reinvigorated my zest to play an auto battler. Oh no. Because, <laughs> sorry, Mandy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Troy, Whenever Troy plays auto battlers, he's in the bathroom for like 45 minutes. And I like knock and I was like, are you okay? And you just hear the noise in the bathroom. Yeah. It's like, all right. Like the shower started, but I haven't gotten in yet. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I'm just finishing this round. Just hold on. Hold on. The fish I, would like some water, Troy. I always forget that it's like 40 minute games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I liked auto chess. I really like Hearthstone. Like that's an, like one of my favorite card games, period. So the idea mm-hmm. that they're uh, meshing those two together, I'm for it. Yeah, it's it's a fun game. If you haven't played it before, again, it's completely free uh, to download Hearthstone. And then this version of the game is also completely free, and it's the most fair. And uh, try, so- if you stream, maybe you could win a few. <laughs> I'm going to win my first match, Brian. <laughs> that would nice be kid, amazing. Nice <laughs> I would be cheering you on. <laughs> uh, but that was my game this week, Hearthstone Battlegrounds. And then uh, what about the rest of you three? Did you guys play something different this week? No. No, nah, hell no. We're, nope. we're committed. Still on Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla on the PS5. Valhalla. To Valhalla. Um, Mandy, how are you doing with Assassin's Creed Valhalla? What's your week been like? I'm really enjoying it. Um, 
I, I can say that I am level 130-ish, so so that's that's the range that I'm in. Because of the way that the game is, the story path isn't very linear, so it's hard to tell between all of us like where exactly in the story that you are, but that, that's approximately that, where my That's my been one of my is. favorite parts, because Mandy and I were both playing this game, and, and we are both fortunate enough to have dedicated PS5s. <laughs> To, to ourselves just just um, flexing over there i see big flex big <laughs> flex wreck. um and so it's cool because we're playing at the same time but we have incredibly different tales and like journeys of how we're getting to, to places i may have put in more hours at this point but she's still discovering things that i haven't seen yet because of the path she's taking that's really cool like that's open world right there yeah for you. it's very well done my takeaway for this week is that i'm done looking for things underground if it's not <laughs> <laughs> really important if i walk up and there's like a gold dot underneath my feet uh gold is for treasure so it, it indicates that there's something special near you uh if it's not like a big item if it's not real important i'm like nah maybe later <laughs> yeah what audacity do you have to be under the ground and not be cool armor okay <laughs> Do you? I'm not. I'm yeah. not looking for stairs anymore. I'm not looking for basements. I'm not. Yeah. Driving into the water to look for a subterranean tunnel that runs under a house, unless it's worth it. Yeah. Who do you think you are for me to have come all the way down here and give me twenty pieces of leather <laughs> and thirty pieces of ore? I'm Get gonna do it. Here. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm, but I'm not you. gonna like it anymore. I'm with you. I don't think I'm into into that. What about you, Joe? I had a couple of things happen this week that were very hard setbacks, actually. Uh, I haven't told anybody yet. So I played, I I wasn't doing story missions in the game. I even got to the point where when they told me in the settlement to go do something, uh, this might be ever so slightly spoilerific for anyone else who is, I I don't know anyone's name. So I will probably (laughs) say what they are, what what their quest is about, but it kind of will be spoilery. So, you know, be careful while listening if you really don't want anything. Um, but that being said, I didn't even talk to people in the settlement to be able to create settlement stuff. Oh, what? so I left the settlement and then went out into the world because I didn't. Joe. It was like go talk to your brother, and I was like, why? I don't nah. care about this settlement thing. I'm gonna go <laughs> find synchronization points. I'm gonna go find glowy stuff. Are those wolves? Yeah, we friends now. So I, <laughs> I went out into the world, and then I spent about three hours in this one place that starts with the G trying to kill like a hundred. I don't know the names of anything. It's like in the middle. <laughs> I, think I think you're supposed to be oh, no, yeah, like, I don't know, something Berg. I don't know. But like Grandestire I'm in this. Berg. I'm in this. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that sounds like it actually. I'm, I'm in this this fortress essentially. Like it's, it's actually uh-huh. it's supposed to be a city. I know that I only know these things now. I did not know them then. So I'm yeah. in this place and I'm like, ooh, there's a whole lot of red dudes in there. I am going to go plug people in the head with my bow and arrow. This is yeah. going to be oh, dope. Yeah. So I start traveling around, traversing in the inside of this wall. And the original original reason I was there is because I went underground into a cave and then tried to come out underneath something and it didn't work because there was something in the way. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm oh. just going to go on top of this and I'll go murder the guys up there and I'll move whatever it is and then I'll find the glowy bit or whatever yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. And I, I, I literally spent two and a half hours clearing out this area that is so massive over (laughs) not realizing they were just respawning bad guys because it it, like by the time i got done with the eight places there are 20 something guys all standing around they were respawning them and i was like okay three hours into doing that i was getting it was like two and a half hours in and i'm getting kind of annoyed i'm like are they just respawning is that what's happening and i don't know it and i'm not I'm, i'm getting kind of angry that this hasn't cleared where's the one red guy left that i need to kill to make this area like like glow and be like cool it's yours now okay i don't think it does my game crashed my game hard crashed and it was like there is a general error 
That's what it said on the screen. <laughs> you killed so many people. They were just like, okay, time out. <laughs> so I restarted in front of the place with no one dead. And I was like, all oh, right, no. I'm, you know what? I'm, and you know, I've got the little alert thing going off. Like, go talk to your brother. Go start a settlement. I'm like, all right, fine. Maybe I need to like not do this for just a little while. <laughs> I go talk to the brother. I start the settlement. I happen to have already done a couple raids by myself, apparently. So like, <laughs> I, I got some stuff. I could build some houses and whatnot. And after I talked to the dude, he was like, all right, cool. Go out and talk to this other person. Go talk to this person. What's your level three in your settlement? That's dope. Now you can have these things. And then I talked to his wife. And yeah. his wife Randy. was like, hey, girl. Yeah, her name. He's like, she's <laughs> like, hey, girl, I'm a dope chick. You're a dope chick. Go make friends. Make some allies. We be dope chicks together. We make this awesome. world And I was like, awesome. yeah, I'm about that life. So I go out. I, go, I just say yes to the first ally you're supposed to go to. And yep. I spend a little bit of time getting over to the same place that I was in for about three and a half hours before <laughs> oh, my cane crashed. And I walk over there and I am like seeing red and it's not the pulsing red like I could like kill the guys with the headshots red. I think I like Kill Bill style whistling, walking up into this place. <laughs> I was so angry. So I, all right, I get in there. It only takes about an hour to kill all the guys this time because I'm so under leveled. It's not even funny. I mean, I haven't done anything in this story. I'm like level 20. And I think you're supposed to be level like 55 or something. And I'm like, whatever. Headshot's a headshot. So so like I, I get done with it. I meet this dope. Ch- like I go to these guys. You have to go get her people. You get back to the city. And I meet this dope chick. And she's like, yo, I got a traitor in my midst. And this is this is a cool thing. And you're going to help me out with this. And you're like, yeah, dope. I'll find right. your traitor. And my game crashed. <gasps> no. Okay, so the first time, so then I went and read about this because I, I was, I, luckily enough, I had killed everybody in the town. I just had to talk to everybody again. Yeah. So upside, it wasn't like it took away three hours of work. But uh, I, I found that uh, apparently if you, there is a ton of these kinds of crashes that they just updated a few days ago. Um, oh, if you okay. were doing story mission stuff to where you couldn't possibly proceed in the area you were in without the story mission being a- a- available, it would let you do everything, and then as soon as it got to the point where you were supposed to go talk to the person that doesn't exist at this point in time in the game, they don't, oh. they don't, they're not there for you to interact with so you can move forward. The game spazzed out and crashed. Oh. And that's, and so they just patched a bunch of them. There was a couple in Norway, apparently, where if you didn't go interact with the, or if you interacted with the seer too soon, they, the game would crash, and their response, Ubisoft's response to this was, you're early enough in the game for where that doesn't matter, just start over. Oh, God. That was in Norway. <laughs> That was in Norway. Jeez. So having had that, having recognized this is what was happening to me, I went and talked to every person they told me to talk to immediately. <laughs> I was like, well, I can't. I can't spend any more time in this game running around synchronizing stuff and having it taken away from me. I can't do this anymore. Oh my so aside God. from yeah. that, that's been my, that was my week. That was my first wow. couple of days this week with Assassin's Creed. You know, and yeah, I was I'm like, gonna... I was blown away with how aggravating that was. And at the same time, the game's so damn pretty. I don't care. I'm still game. getting a horse. So I'm still running game. around. I'm still... Yeah. It's still great. I still I'm love going, it. I'm going to retract my open world statement from earlier because <laughs> you're right. It, it uh, Assassin's Creed is more like a guided open world, I would say, instead of a true mm-hmm. open world. Where Breath of the Wild is like a true open world game. Like, like yeah, you, you're, you're right, Joe. Like, I, it, I'm so like trained with the past two games that I didn't even realize that, yeah, you could go all over this place. And you could do anything you want. 
but the game isn't thinking you're going to do that, so they haven't made the caveats or or built enough of the, uh, the design to take into account different playstyles like that. Right. Um. And and I I think it's more of a guided open world experience where they they, they put gates there where there's levels like you you travel through a map. And certain areas are just above your level. You can still go there, but you'll you you you'll probably get killed very easily. Like you said, you're, you were underleveled. I had those same learning curves on stream as well, Brian, where I got my butt handed to me <laughs> because I didn't understand where I should or shouldn't go. And I was like, I'll go raid this place the, and this place. The boundaries are rivers. So depending yes. on what, what side of the shore you're on, it could be like 50 or like 250. Yes. <laughs> and the game only goes yeah. up to 350. So that's a yeah. big jump. And so, and so when I would go to those lands and then I'd be like, this is really difficult. Why would you even allow me to come here? I was like, oh, okay, I'm not supposed to be here. All right. right. And then, yeah. and then you're right. You start seeing how the designers want you to play the game. And it really has like, like distinctive wiggle room in that, but there's still a pretty set path that they want you to go. On an upside, we did have a great experience with um, the PlayStation chat. We think we're going to develop what we're calling our Assassin's Creed Society, uh, which uh, for Thanksgiving, uh, we joined a a group of friends of ours who are also playing Assassin's Creed. And then all three of us were on mic playing Assassin's Creed together. And we discovered that really Assassin's Creed is made to be played with three people Uh because that's how many people it takes to understand what's going on. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) To explain the story. So so we're going to induct Joe into our uh, Assassin's Creed Society. And then we'll just, Mm -hmm. we'll game. that way, while you're getting lost is this so you guys can realize when i start to melt down because my game aired out because i don't know how to listen to instructions when it happens live you can be like well you probably shouldn't have done that and i'm like oh so many curse words you see we we are your guides we are your assassin's creed therapy guides but it was fun (laughs) because you'd be in like a like like i was in a thing where i was fighting a bunch of these very large wolves and they were like oh it's like oh i'm having a really hard time and like oh you know arrows towards the haunches and it was like just enough to not ruin it but to be like oh i did that and then they'd be in another puzzle and be like you know i'm running around this thing i was like no no look high look high rather than like yeah. so it was fun yeah. to oh, yeah. both that and or someone being in a puzzle you just did and just hearing them curse over yeah. and over and over again be yeah. like yeah i remember that for me so nostalgic for me my week has been doing the legendary boss fights the legendary hunting like the animals and the boss fights that are just like your your demon souls-esque like make sure you're blocking and evading and whatnot and i'm playing on hard and so what was great about the group we had is that it's it, it it's very rewarding. Um, the group we had, uh, two people had already gone through those fights. So it was nice for them to give me like some general tips as to, you know, to, or to help make me think of, of things like, oh, okay, that person is fire. I'm going to bone up on my fire resistant runes and put those into my armor so that I don't light on fire when I fight them. Things like that, I think were really helpful about this. Like, or Assassin's a hint Creed of like, group. oh, you know, I was 90 when I did that and I was okay. I was like, oh, okay. Right, so maybe okay. I'll go back now yeah. that I'm 110. I'll probably be able to do it. And, now, and kind of otherwise things. it's such a lonely game. <laughs> it was very fun. I would highly recommend uh, the both, both playing Assassin's Creed with other people, but also using the, the, the chat feature in the PS5. It's, it's nice. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. fluid. I will say, though, Orlog just gets better and better and better. Every person I play, of which at this point in the game, because of two God's favors I have, I do not ever lose matches now. It doesn't (laughs) matter if it's the first time I play them or... Or anything like I just sit there and play, Joe, and I don't ever lose because of these two Joe, gods favors. You just wait until they add multiplayer to that chess game. You and me, we're going head to head because I have, uh, I I never lose. I do lose, but I have a pretty good <laughs> god favors that we're gonna get I, our did, dice did on. You, oh, oh, they it's get so insane good. later. 
<laughs> it's, they are the the most pathetic seeming god favors too might i add and they are the best <laughs> all right after this podcast we're gonna go deep on on orlog got get some serious straps we'll make a video <laughs> nice <laughs> but yeah right, generally cool. enjoying the game i'm looking forward to completing awesome. it about it's 70 great. hours in yeah oh wow yeah and I, I'm, I'm sure you're probably only halfway through maybe probably yeah <laughs> Nice, nice. All right, so that's uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So that'll do it for our games this week. Now it brings us to our news segments. News, 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 news. This week, I'm going to start off with something that's a little personal to me, but also is a little, I'm sure it might be a big deal after this. Streamer Admiral Baru had his seventh anniversary on Twitch Friday, and to celebrate, he decided to give back to his community and match however many subs he had at that time and give that many back to to his chat and to everybody else. That's cool. And so uh, as of the day that it came, he had 21,000 subscribers to his channel. So he decided to give away wow. 21,000 gift subscriptions back. Wait a second. That's, and like, that's like at least five bucks a pop, right? Yes, it's $5 each one of those. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, good, for, he, good for him doing so well. He uh, he cleared it with both Twitch and his bank beforehand, like a month or two beforehand. Oh, my gosh. Um, and he, what he did was he, was giving a, he ended up giving away 1000 every single half an hour. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wait, so that's is that a is my math right? Is that over a hundred thousand dollars? Yes, that is a hundred thousand dollars. That's what correct. he is. He does get you know a percentage of that back because it is still go back to him. However, he does still get taxed on the money that he gets back from him right. giving it. You know, so gosh, so well, you got to yeah. be feeling pretty good about your finances. If, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. If you could gift that out, did you get one? Oh, yeah, uh, Brian. Uh, I did. I did. Yay! Um, yeah. Did you get us he, one? He's, I don't watch him, but uh, like if he's just giving them out, <laughs> he is just giving them out, guys. <laughs> um, and uh, before you wonder if he could have done anything else with that money, uh, he has given over a hundred thousand dollars to charity throughout his entire streaming career. He does several streaming or several charity streams a year, and he always matches whatever his viewers give. He matches that as well. So, so you're saying he's he done has that. money. <laughs> What's that? So you're saying he has money? Yes, he has lots of money. <laughs> he has roughly twenty thousand dollars subscribers every single month. That's Oof. how big he is. But this year, but you know, when he was like, "All right, this is gonna be my seventh anniversary. Let's just give back to the community. Let's, uh, you know, let's let's make this a thing." So that's what he decided to do. So good on him. Uh, that's Admiral Baru. He's he's awesome. He's a really good streamer. And then uh, moving on. As far as we know, Square Enix's Avengers did not sell as well as they were hoping, uh, which is a little bit of an understatement. And uh, this week, we found out just how much it fell short. Uh, The game has not even recouped the development costs of the game. And it also came out that if it wasn't for that specific game, Square Enix's video game division would have actually been profitable this year. Oh, my gosh. They they were putting a lot of eggs in that basket, I remember. And it took a very long time to develop. It was wasn't it delayed? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Um, delayed a lot. It's just the gameplay. I mean, when it came down to it or like the, the massive game, it seemed like a good story. The graphics looked good. It just seemed like it would... Short and repetitive? Yeah, it, it, well, it seemed like the game may be long, but like the gameplay loop would just be kind of shallow, I guess. And, right. Mm-hmm. It, seemed, it seemed very um, like Lego Star Wars to me, 
or like one of the Lego games. Where, and, and I feel like that works for Lego is you play the level and then you come back and you play as someone else. You come back and, and you know, you pick up the things that you, you didn't get before. But that didn't seem like the type of game I wanted that for. I wanted something that was more like open world or I, something that was more interactive. I think or, a problem yeah. with it is that it was also confusing. It was hard to, to, to tell people like, hey, this is kind of like Lego where you can come back and play as a different character, do different things. But also they all have equipment. So it's kind of like Destiny but you can't see the equipment, but it's also like Uncharted with like, you know, uh, uh, an overarching story, quick time events and, and yeah. stuff like that. So I, I think it was yeah, just, just trying to do too much. Yeah. yeah. I still want to play it, but I was one of those people who was kind of interested until I saw the gameplay and I was just like, I don't, I'm not, I'm sorry. So you're saying it's your fault. I am partially, <laughs> I am partially at fault here. I mean, the game right now, at least for Black Friday and for whatnot is on sale for half off which is 30 bucks and I'm still not pulling the trigger on it because yeah because that, that's halfway yeah. to a game that I actually want to play <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's actually exactly what it is that's a great point Troy <laughs> uh, so yeah I mean sad news but I mean hey hopefully it'll it'll pick back up because they're still yeah. developing for it they still have actor DLC right. and stuff like that so it's the, it's the- gonna be wild the greatest thing about the latest generations of video games is they're not done. They yeah. can be made better. Destiny is the perfect example right. of that. That was a bad yep. game, and it became a great game because of, of exactly. how they supported it. So I'm for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then moving on to CD Projekt Red has stated that they are full steam ahead with Cyberpunk's release date and that they have to release it on December 10th. <laughs> 2099. <laughs> yeah. 2099. <laughs> I mean, at this point... Why not just delay it again? This one's just for funsies, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, They delay it by one day just for fun. Yeah. (laughs) Or what they should do is is they're like, no, we're actually going to bump it up by one day. (laughs) December 9th, shadow drop. (laughs) (laughs) That would probably work. They'd get so much goodwill for it being a day early. (laughs) Uh, Except for the people that took off for the second time. For the date that it's supposed to come out. So when I came out a day earlier, they'd have any. (laughs) That would be very funny. Um, I'm looking forward to that <laughs> game, and, and like we said, I'm, I'm happy it got delayed because now I don't feel like a, a fire to try and beat it before the end of the year. If it came out exactly. a month ago, then I would have been like, yeah, I want this to be on my game of the year list. I mean, like really put in the time, and I, I now I feel like if I beat this in January, February, then that's fine. I yeah. can take my time. Or even the, the original release date, which was the 20th of November. Uh, I'm really glad it wasn't because especially how long Valhalla is oh, and yeah. all these yeah. other games. Yeah, Valhalla's long. There's no way. You go from one open world game to another. That's it's kind of crazy. And finally, some fun news with Masahiro Sakurai. Uh, he tweeted out that he was able to get a PS5 on launch day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and worth noting, and, Sakurai is the maker of Smash Brothers Ultimate yes, and all is. the Smash Brother games. Yes, the guy I'm who never sleeps. Yeah, he never <laughs> sleeps. Yeah, he actually got it from a pre-order at a retailer in Japan. Which shows that even big names had to get had to do their own lead work in order to get one. <laughs> all this tells me, though, is that we're going to be getting Astrobot uh, as a playable character. That's all it tells me. Wait a that second. That would be so cool. Let's put oh, that out in the ether, everyone. That's yes, what I'm doing. Astrobot. Astrobot. <laughs> Astrobot. I could 100% see in Smash Brothers. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm betting on. That's what I'm betting on. That's going to be the very last character in this. Uh, the newest fighter pass is going to be Astrobot. Yeah, he's just buying it for research. It's, it's yeah, that's exactly. All. He's still working on the game. He never stops working on the game. He doesn't. He still hasn't slept since uh, 1980. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so that'll do it for the news. However, we still have my favorite segment, which is Turn Up For What. Turn Up For What. And this week, it's with Vanula from Bree. In this week's news, hospitalizations spike as hundreds of villagers are admitted for hypothermia and hypothermia-like symptoms. At the behest of a somewhat demanding turkey, these island residents dove into the ocean in late November to fetch a variety of shellfish. When questioned about his previous sous chefs, Franklin the turkey was somewhat vague, leaving many to wonder if this tragedy has occurred before. In related news, snow began to fall on many islands in the Animal Crossing archipelago, sending flurries of excitement through the community. Hopeful residents turned to Nook Eek founder and CEO Mr. Tom Nook to request winter necessities. However, the somewhat stubborn raccoon has outright refused to expedite shipping. He was quoted as saying, It's not winter till I say it's winter. For these stories and more, tune in next time. Until then, I have been Fanula from Bree Reporting. Buy low, sell high, and stay safe. Turn it for what? <laughs> ah, my favorite segment. That's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good thing. That just really small words are used during that. You know, you don't have to worry <laughs> <Right>. about. <laughs> Uh, but that'll do it for our news segment. Now that brings us to our Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. And this week, uh, Troy's going to bring it to us. Yeah, check it out. So Thanksgiving just passed us, and we were spending time with our families, uh, whether it was you know in person or via Zoom or whatnot. And so we were thinking, hey, we got families. What are some good Thanksgiving slash family games? And and how do we play them? Is it usually a fun community event where you all come together? Or is it something where that kind of brings out the cutthroat in Uncle Jerry? <laughs> and uh, so what are family games like for you? And and what makes a good family game for you guys? At the Reaper household, I don't know if we've had a fun community family event quite like Wii Sports. When Wii Sports came out, we had the the full the full five of us up there playing the bowling, playing the tennis, and I think there was something about like the simplicity of it or the the translation from real life events into something that my parents could understand that quite brought us together as a family like the the Wii yeah. Sports age. Yeah. Wii, Wii Sports during the holidays was the closest I got to uh, making my dad understand video games. <laughs> Like that was like he saw the boxing one and he was like, oh, oh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is what video games are. He's like, oh, and then it never touched anything else again. But but <laughs> but Wii Sports definitely got got us close. I had much of the same experience with Wii Sports with my family and we resort every time a holiday would come oh, over. Yeah. I would make sure I'd brought that pad, the, the you know, the balancing pad and brought all the things over. It was it was a, a it was quite fun. Everybody got into it. It was always like competitive who could beat whose scores on whatever, how to do something faster, who who figured out how to do whatever it was, like how it was supposed to actually be done. It was it was really fun. Uh, for myself, for the entire family to get together, it was normally just like card games. We'd be playing like Uno or something along those lines. Uh, <laughs> right, but right. when it came Scategories. to actual video games. <laughs> Scategories. Yes, categories. <laughs> <laughs> but when it came to like the to to the select few, like if it was my brother, we would be playing like uh, Tekken Two or something like that. We would actually break out the old PS uh, PlayStation One or Two. I forget which one it came out for. I think it was PlayStation One. Um, we would break that out, and then we would just play that. And then if it was my dad, we would actually just play Gran Turismo. 
Uh, probably the third one uh, was right. our favorite one. I remember some early memories with uh, with my sister where after Thanksgiving dinner, we would pop in Madden. And this is like the <clears throat> Super Nintendo version of Madden because that's what people do, uh-huh. right? You eat some turkey and then you watch some football. Oh, yeah. But we're not really sports people. So instead, we would play football in the video game form. <laughs> uh-huh. And it was definitely a, a, a nice bonding moment, I would say. Um, one of the games that my family liked to play was uh, Indy 500 on a really old computer. So it was like a six bit sound. It was not, it was very, it was, if memory serves me right, it wasn't even like it was a purchase copy. I think it was the thing that came with the computer. And like, it was just a game that you could play. So like everybody took turns playing this racing game and it, like, it's a horrible game, but you had to know the name of different race car drivers. Mm-hmm. And I like, I'll never forget the name Al Unser. I have no idea what he won or whatever it was, but I think it was 1958. He won the Indy 500 or something like <laughs> but that guy's name was like my favorite name to type in. <laughs> Al Unser. Well, what about your uh, extended family, your friends' family, your family that are friends? <laughs> are there any uh, community games or type of games that you think work best for them, for, for like a, a friend environment? Um, I think for for nowadays, uh, for, for like the newest generation, I do think Overcooked or Overcooked 2, I think works beautifully because yeah. you can actually play co-op or you can play versus mode. And right, so that game is just bonkers. <laughs> you can cater uh, to people that want to play together. You can cater to the a holes, <laughs> <laughs> and catering works because it's food. And hey, <laughs> I love that game and watching people who who don't normally play it because you have to actually talk to one another while you're playing. You yeah. can't just just play the game essentially unless you're playing in a versus mode. If you're with other people, you have to be like, you got to chop the thing. I need more mushrooms. I need this. Somebody clean the plates. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a good like family type game like this needs to have some type of element that enforces or um, uh, promotes uh, that promotes communication. Right. Yeah. Because I think in the end, that's what families want to do. They want to talk to each other and have a good time. Even when when we were having the Assassin's Creed, you know, party, so to speak. It was really about the communication, us talking to each other. We weren't playing a multiplayer game on Thanksgiving, but it felt like we were having this like experience because and we were talking to each other. Don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> uh, we just recently got this game called Witchet, and it's it. They they have other games like this, but basically you turn yourself into an object and then you play hide and seek. So people run around and try to find which of the the which of the items is fake. And you can run away from them. So you're just like yeah. a wheel of cheese rolling yeah, yeah. away. Or you're like you a can, broom tumbling down the stairs. Tur- you can turn yourself into a candle and then place yourself on a dinner table. And then they have to try and find you. But no communication in that one, aside from laughter. Just, yes. Just constant <laughs> laughter. And that good like, hee, 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 hee. <laughs> you, you just passed me. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, yeah. Thank you all. I wanted to just take, take a little slice of... Uh, of uh, wholesome family pie. Oh, that's gross. That sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a murderer. <laughs> I, got, I got a whole family in this pie. Mm. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> really case cousin Jerry. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, thank you all. Yeah, of course. That's uh, That was a great topic, Troy. So thank you. And that was our Mighty Muscle Tasty Topic. And now that brings us to our Dragon of the Week. Adieu, 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 adieu. It's the dragon of the week. Oh, it's so sleek. It's the dragon of the week. It'll make you freak. Dragon of the week. Dragon of the week. Dragon of the week is our chance to learn about industry professionals and the studios that they work with. Uh, we like to kind of look behind the scenes of video games and bring those names to the light. And this week, 
Brian is going to bring someone to the light for us. Bring it That's on, Brian. That's right. And this week, we're gonna, I'm going to be bringing you guys Debbie Bestwick, the CEO of Team 17. Ooh. And yeah. Debbie Bestwick was born on March 7th, 1970 in the United Kingdom. Uh, she has always had a love of games since the age of 12 when she played football manager on the spectrum that her brother had. And this is football manager, not football manager. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> and uh, so while she was taking her tests that were like the equivalent to our country's SATs or ACTs, uh, she needed some summer money. And so she decided to get a job, you know, like any normal kid would do. And so she had a choice of a fruit and vegetable store or to work at a video game store. Fruit and, and vegetable. Fruit and all- vegetable. Fruit and vegetables, yeah. is that where she went? <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Thankfully for all of us, she decided on the video game store job. Oh, gosh. Brian, <laughs> if you had, like, pulled one on us and you just end up talking oh, about, like, this grocery store o- owner. <laughs> that would have been the best. Games. It was just like, and, and that's how she got the job and at my local public. She's the best cashier they've ever had. Shout out to you. Uh, sells yeah. the best wow. pairs. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, so she worked at the video game store job, and she loved the job so much, she never went back to finish her tests. (laughs) Wow. That's a hero right there. She's like, no, this is what I'm doing now. This is what I'm doing. And it also helped out that shortly after she started, the manager quit, and so Bestwick was actually offered the position of manager at the store. Wow, that's great. Yeah. And, and uh, she didn't waste it. Oh, uh, yeah, they quit. I was going to throw some They quit, or, you know, she murdered them, you know? (laughs) I wasn't going to say it. (laughs) and she didn't waste any time though uh she actually negotiated the sale of the shop to a to a larger retailer within 12 months of having the position wow and the person who actually bought the shop michael robinson did so because his shop couldn't get bestwick's customers to leave her shop and come to his (laughs) oh hell yeah hell yeah so he did what any person would normally do in that situation with a lot of money and so he bought them and closed that shop and had Bestwick come do for his store that he was doing for her old one. That's great. He was like, hey, you're really good at this. So come do that for my, for my store. You are the better entrepreneur. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for saying that word. And I got so- you. <laughs> <laughs> so she was brought on as promotions manager for the company. And uh, she, got, she was just really busy. She started the first loyalty membership program. And they started their own games magazine for the customers. And they also won Indie Retailer of the Year. Dang. So this is crazy. And also, by the way, she's about like 19 years old at this point. Wow. <laughs> what, what year is this about? This or... is 1989. This okay, is roughly okay, okay. 1989. Okay, cool. Michael Robinson also owned a video game company that produced software demos called 17-Bit Software. So they came up with the idea that since he owns a development studio and a retailer chain where they can sell said games, why not just incorporate the two? So in 1990, they combined with a Swedish developer called Team 7 that Robinson was also working with at the time and formed Team 17. So he ended up moving Bestwick over to this venture along with one other employee. So there was only three people in the company besides the three developers from, uh, from Team 7 that they brought over. 
And so Bestwick recalls that time that she had to do pretty much a little bit of everything from QA to marketing, talking to distributors. And then, then when the games were ready, they had to pack all the copies by hand into their retail boxes. Aww. The first game they put out, Alien Breed, sold 750,000 copies. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> People had asked her, like, hey, uh, do you know how well this game is selling? She's like, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I have me and a bunch of my friends packing all the boxes here in the warehouse. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Those are some good I know friends. exactly how well this game is selling. <laughs> and so now at this point, this is 1991, and she's only 21. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I thought I would have thought some, a few more years have gone by. Oh no. This is like all of this is like hyper time for the, for her. <laughs> so things are going extremely well for the company and they're working with outside developers and getting games made. And then one day at a trade show, a guy named Andy Davidson walks in and he has a little game in his hand called Anybody have a guess? Um is it Super Mario Brothers? Tetris. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> is it Red Dead Redemption this- 2? It was. (laughs) This game was called Worms. Oh, Worms. Oh, oh, Studio 17. I know you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, Team 17, baby. We had more news to talk about. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) And it was a very basic game with tiny pixels, and it was developed for the Amiga. And so he brought it in. They're playing it, and it was a lot of fun. And so they knew that it needed a lot of work, but they believed in the game so much, they actually brought him into the company and integrated him into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the time, people were talking about the new console that was about to come out, PlayStation, and Team 17 had never worked on a closed console before. That was been like the Amiga or the PC, things that right. are very open. Uh, so they actually talked with Ocean Software to help port the game over to not just the PlayStation, but it was ported to over 10 different consoles in a span of six months. Wow. And this decision ended up paying off big for them, and Worms would sell over 2 million copies on the PlayStation alone. Worms is an, is an awesome game. Yes, it very much so is. Bestwick says this is the only time she's actually ever experienced crunch. And she has stated she will never do it again. (laughs) You know what? Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then unfortunately, this is when Team 17 began to change. Instead of working with outside developers and releasing games all the time, they became the Worms developers. In their first three years, they ended up releasing roughly like 30 games before this point. And then after this, it was just, hey, when's the next Worms games, guys? When's the next Worms game? And so especially when Worms Armageddon came out... Worms was now officially a franchise, and people only ever wanted the next Worms game. And Bestwick hated this. <laughs> she went along with it, though, you know, because it's the company and, you know, it is what it is, until 2010 when she bought out both Michael Robinson and the other co founder, Martin Brown. Uh, she became CEO and changed how the studio worked. The first two years were spent fixing the company and becoming profitable again. And then while helping a friend who was building the PlayStation's indie program, she realized that the company should go back to what it used to do. Instead of being what Bestwick called a yo-yo studio, where they would release a game, get a whole bunch of money, then go through a drought until the next game releases, and then repeat that process, she wanted to go back to how the company's roots were and work with other developers and just constantly be releasing games. So she went out and she actually started recruiting. The first game she found was the Kickstarter game, The Escapists. She backed at the 100-year level, which gave her access to the developer's contact info. So she was like, all right, sweet. 
uh, let me try to arrange a meeting with this guy and uh, so I can get him to, you know, kind of come in so I can talk with him. And so she realized that he actually only lived 20 minutes away from her. <laughs> and so she so she's like, all right, sweet. You know, let's uh, let's do a meeting. Uh, is uh, it, would Monday work for you? And he was like, nah, I, I got plans with my friends. Uh, I can't make that meeting. Uh, I'm going to go out to the pub and, and drink some beers with them. <laughs> <laughs> And so she was not deterred, though, and she tried again and explained to them who she was and what she wanted to do. And she offered him a tour of the Team 17 studios. And this guy was, yeah, this guy at the time was like a roofer. He was just an industry person. He wasn't like, you know, he he didn't know anything about the industry. Going to a (laughs) pub with his friends is everything. Like, no, 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 no. You're not cutting it on that time. Uh, so he came in, and so when he came in, you know, he, she was like, oh, when you come in, make sure you bring a copy of Escapist. You know, we'd like to see it. So he's like, yeah, sure. So he brings it in, and she describes it as it was the most beat-up, old-looking laptop she has ever seen in her entire life. Aww. And this entire game was written on this old, beat-up laptop that could probably barely run the game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so cute. And so, uh, so she brought him, and, you know, she showed him around. And she's like, hey, you want to work with us? You know, we'll incorporate you into our thing. And uh, he absolutely said yes. And he became the very first game published under the new Team 17. And it actually ended up selling over one and a half million copies. Wow. That's a lot of roofs. (laughs) It is a lot of roofs. (laughs) And so uh, they would go on and do the same for games such as Yooka-Laylee, Overcooked, and even Fall Guys. Uh, wait, are just wait, some of the them. Fall Guys people? Yeah, Fall Guys, they published them. They published oh, they their published game. Fall Guys. Yeah. And yeah. Overcooked. Dang. Yeah. And uh, that's actually what got me interested in this because we were playing Overcooked. And I was like, wait, Team 17. Let me look into that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And so all this is all thanks to Debbie uh, Bestwick going back to her roots and doing what she does best. People around her call her the Simon Cowell of video games because she's so good at finding talent. Right on. Uh, she's won numerous and she awards. Makes them feel and- bad. <laughs> yeah. <Subtly. laughs> then she yells and- at them and she's like, "You're yeah. trash." No. She like nags them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she's won numerous awards and recognitions from her peers, and they are all well deserved. I remember playing Worms, uh, the original Worms, and also Worms Armageddon when I was in high school, when I was supposed to be doing work. But we were all playing Worms Armageddon because that game was so good at right. just killing time. It, it really seems to me like like Team 17 understands multiplayer in a, like a, in, a, in a great way. Worms yeah. is a competitive yeah. game, but it's not fast-paced. It takes your time. Nope. And you watch people. Overcooked is fast-paced, and like you need to have communication. Fall Guys, another game where it's just like this great multiplayer fun experience where it's competitive, but the competition doesn't take the forefront. It's silly. Yeah. It's silly. Yeah, it absolutely is. And just the fact that she went from like taking tests for college to being like a person of, you know, part of a a brand new company within like three years, Mm -hmm. three or four years. It's just crazy to me. And and, and this is the, the, the breaking news part that I forgot to talk about. I watched the Golden Joystick Awards this week. And mm-hmm. Team 17 got inducted into the Golden Joystick Hall of Fame Yep. Uh, just this week. That's so, awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So my hat is off to you, Debbie Bestwick. You helped make the games industry what it is because, I mean, they just she just started looking at all these other new independent developers and bringing them in and just giving them the resources that they needed. And that right was on. her specifically finding them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that'll do it for this week's Dragon of the Week. 
But unfortunately, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. But you can always find us online. Find us at Taste of Dragons on Instagram to keep up with our weekly happenings and some fun visual content. Also, make sure to check out twitch.tv backslash Taste of Dragons. That's where we are live six days a week, mostly evenings. You can check out our schedule. We stream everything from Fallout to Fall Guys, from Red Dead to Indies <laughs> to <laughs> games that don't have pictures. <laughs> we keep it real. But speaking of indies, you can also follow us on Twitter at Taste of Dragons, where we have an account that is dedicated solely to promoting independent developer content. Mandy, have you found anything this week of interest to you? Yes, this week I wanted to talk about Children of Silent Town. It's a dark adventure game that tells the story of Lucy, a young girl growing up in a deep, dark village in a forest inhabited by monsters. People are disappearing all the time, but this time, Lucy's going to go look for them. Uh, I wanted to talk about this game just a little bit because the art style is super spooky, but also really cute. Check (laughs) it out. The demo is available now on Steam. Thank you, Mandy. We'll do so. And thank you, Brian, for throwing it to me. I'm going to throw it back to you. Well, thank you, Troy. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, though, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. I'm mad. (laughs) And I'm Joe. And we are... The The Taste of Dragons. Have a great week, everyone. Can we say our names some more? (laughs) Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast. A podcast for everyone's day.